What is up everybody? Welcome back. In this video I want to talk about Capture One and I did a video on Capture One. I compared it to Lightroom. This was a few weeks ago. Had a really good response to that video and I had a lot of people that said that they had had a hard time warming up to Capture One because they found it to be kind of a high learning curve with the interface and somewhat confusing. If you've never worked in Capture One I can certainly understand that. So what I want to do is give you five tips today on how you can get started really quickly using Capture One. But first I want to give a shout out to our sponsor today who are the awesome folks over at Squarespace.com. You need a website, you need a place to put your stuff, and Squarespace is an all-in-one solution for building a beautiful website, portfolio, or even an online store. Go check it out. It's got a drag-and-drop interface. It is completely awesome. You can head over for a free trial if you go to squarespace.com AOP, and I can save you an additional 10% on checkout if you use offer code AOP. And I want to give a special shout-out to the folks at Squarespace for sponsoring another episode of The Art of Photography. Okay, so let's jump into Capture One. The first thing I want to talk about is this idea of working with a catalog versus working with sessions. Now, if you're familiar with Lightroom, Lightroom works with a catalog type format and essentially there is a database file. All of your images get cataloged within that and it works pretty well except for the fact that the more images you throw at it and eventually this could grow to the size of several thousand images very easily, it gets very slow because it's working off of one database file. And so one thing I really like about Capture One is that it gives you a secondary option which I use all the time. This is this whole idea of working with a session. Now a session is probably a group of images that you're using for a particular client or a particular subject or you know what a session describes and so the whole idea of a session is that it creates a folder on your hard drive it puts all of the images there with a localized database it creates several folders and I'll show you and then it's portable so you can take that session folder and just move it over I'll give you a great use case for that I travel a lot and when I'm on the road I do a lot of photographing and I do a lot of editing and when I get back I want to get everything on that image drive and all I have to do is copy the folder over and it's all there and then when I open the session on my desktop computer everything is there. So let me show you how this works in Capture One. Inside of Capture One, you're going to go up to the file menu. The first two options that you're going to see are a new catalog or a new session. We're going to create a new session. Alternatively, you can use Command or Control N. And what it's going to do is ask you to name this session. And typically, this is what the folder name will be. So I will use the date uh, in here and probably add something descriptive. So let's just say tutorial right now. And I'm going to say OK. Now what this does, if we look at the file structure on the hard drive, is I'm going to open a folder here and you'll see that it created a folder with the name I gave it. And you're going to see the database file in here and then a series of folders. And so here's your capture folder, here's your output folder, your selects folder, and your trash. And this is customizable as well, but I just want to talk about the base stuff that it does by default. So your capture images will go in the capture folder. Once you create selects, they'll be in the selects folder. And then your output will be like if you go out to a TIFF file or a JPEG or something that you're going to pass off to be printed or even posted online. And what's really cool about this is it keeps everything simplified in a basic structure. So if I have a client from four years ago, let's say, that comes back and says, hey, do you have those images? We can't find them. I can just go find it, go into the output folder, resend what I sent them the first time, and it's done. And like I said, you can take this whole folder and just move it over to another computer. So if you're collaborating with somebody who's doing post-production, or if you're just moving it internally in your own studio, then you can keep track of everything. And it's really super simple to use. So now that we have an empty session, I'm going to add some images. And we're going to do that by clicking the import button here. And it's going to bring up some images. And the only thing you might want to double check on here is where you're importing them to. I like to put them in the capture folder, but uh, you can customize that if you're doing something fancy. But I'm going to go ahead and say import all. And what it's going to do is bring those images in. It's going to create thumbnails. And now, once this is done, I have a set of images in my session. Which brings me to my second point that I want to talk about, which is the customizable interface. Now, one thing that's very cool about Capture One is you can customize everything. And if you're coming from Adobe Lightroom, that's something you can't do. You can't rearrange the order that the tabs are in or that the panels 
or in your tool set, you can do everything in Capture One. I'll show that to you. Now I have this downloaded as the default configuration right now. So what you see uh, on the left-hand side are a series of tabs here, and these are various panels for different functions. And so if you start on the far left, I have the library panel. This is followed by the capture panel. Then I have my lens adjustments. Uh, I have a histogram and exposure adjustments. Now I have color adjustments, so on and so forth. And these can be customized. When you hover over one of them with your mouse, it'll say, for instance, this is the details panel, which is things like moiré and sharpening filters. Um, if I hold down the option key on the Mac, you can drag to reorder these. So if it's not to your liking, you can reorder them. The other thing that's kind of cool is you can take these away or add them if you have too much uh, that's cluttering or if you want to simplify or whatever. And so what happens is if you right click on the top there, you're going to see uh, not only add tool and remove tool, but you can also add a tool tab or remove a tool tab. And this is kind of cool because if you're used to doing a lot of just like preliminary repetitive actions, uh, just maybe going through and making levels or curves adjustments, you can set up a tab with just the tools that you need on that. I don't do a lot of that, but it is nice that it's there. And if you remove a tool accidentally, you can always add it back. And so all of these tabs are customizable. The order is customizable and you can even add and take away tabs. So that is a very cool thing, but that can confuse people if you're just starting out with Capture One. So let's go ahead and select an image that we want to apply some edits to. And I want to show you a couple things. Now, under the, each one of these tabs, obviously, are grouped tools that relate to that tab section. So for instance, right now, I'm under the Color tab. And I'm going to find things like the ICC profile, my white balance adjustments. And then some of these tabs are also collapsible. So for instance, Color Balance, this is to save a little bit of real estate on the screen. So just note that they're there. Sometimes they're collapsed. And so if you're looking for black and white editing or color balance or something like that, uh, it, sometimes they are collapsed and you have to expand that to get the controls for those. One thing I want to point out though, and this is kind of one of the big deals with Capture One. So Capture One is software that was originally developed for the Phase One line of cameras. And Phase One are top tier studio cameras for product photography, portraits, you name it, and they are incredible. And eventually during the development of Capture One, they open this up to other cameras as well. And what it does is it generates, or they generate, and this is kind of what I talked about in that last video, are these color profiles that will essentially match different camera models to Phase One's color profiles. And I think this is actually one of the very powerful things about Capture One because it's an incredible color calibration profile. But anyway, you can see down here under base characteristics, it did this automatically on import. I took these images with my uh, Fuji X-E3 and it saw that it is indeed that, so it generated the profile automatically. I can go in and say show all and it'll give me all the possible profiles, but it usually gets that right. Under that, you have a curve. And what's really cool is you can apply some different contrast curves to this. So if I want a linear response, film standard, film high contrast, film extra shadow, I usually go with auto and then adjust it if need be. Uh, but that is one thing to point out because that will automatically, and then the same also with lenses. If you go into the lens tab, it's going to automatically detect the manufacturer profile of your lens. Now, I have noticed that sometimes I want to go in and make some manual adjustments, especially when you're shooting architecture. For instance, you want things straight and symmetrical and there's a little bit of pin cushion that is not solved in the manufacturer profile. You can go in and actually make weeks on that on your own, which is very cool. But anyway, when you go through here, it's basically once it's set up like that, which it does automatically, then everything else should be fairly intuitive. I can go in here and I can add some exposure to that. I can add some more contrast to that if I want. Maybe bring back the exposure, add some brightness, saturation, so on and so forth. You have levels, you've got curves adjustments, you've got pretty much everything that's standard within any professional editing application, much like Lightroom. But I have found, and I'll have to do some different tutorials on this because it gets more advanced, the tools they give you, for instance, 
instance, the levels tool is extremely advanced and there's a lot that you can do with each one of these. But that's essentially how you get around the interface. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is the toolbar, which can be found at the top of the screen. And you're going to notice here, uh, if you mouse over these, it'll give you the names of them, but you're going to have a select tool, you're going to have a pan tool, you have a loop, you have cropping, you have straightening adjustments, you have keystone vertical, which is very cool because keystoning can give you a lot of options if you're not shooting on a tripod and something is slightly geometrically off. We have spot removal, we have brush tools, etc. And so this is really nice. A thing that I want to mention about this though is one thing that'll make it really fast when you're switching tools is to learn the keyboard shortcuts. These are customizable and if you want to find those you go up under capture one at the top and you're going to go down and it'll say edit keyboard shortcuts and you can customize these or see what they are and there are a lot of them in here and they're grouped by command. Um, but anyway one thing is if you quickly learn like for instance the pan tool which is also the icon for the hand it's the letter H, uh, V for the pointer tool and then also if I click and hold on this little arrow out to the side I get very variations on those tools and that's very important too especially for something like keystoning where you might want a vertical a horizontal or you want the four-way keystone so those are some things to bear in mind also which brings me to my next topic which is using layer adjustments and this is another great thing about capture one is it allows you to work in a format similar to what you would find in something like photoshop where you can work in a layer configuration you can stack things up on top of one another and you can turn them on and off or even adjust their opacity and i'll give you an example so this is a really thrilling landscape image that I made in West Texas. It's of a wind farm that's out there. And I shot this handheld. I did not use a gradient neutral density filter. And so let's say I want to add a gradient to this just to give a little more emphasis and a little more activity in the sky there. So right now, if you go over to the color panel here, and the second item down under the histogram is going to be the layers tab. And right now there's the background that is your image. Everything is just background by default. I'm going to add a layer to this and I'm going to double click on that and let's label it sky. And just so I know where it is. You can get kind of confusing if you don't label your stuff, obviously. I'm going to select the gradient tool. You can do that at the top toolbar or you can hit the letter G on the keyboard and it will come up with a gradient and I'm going to bring that down. Now, when I release it, you don't see anything. That's because I haven't applied any adjustments to this. And so what I'm going to do is hit the letter M on the keyboard and that will show us our mask. It's this lovely pink and that just shows you what area of the image is going to be affected. So basically I've set up a new layer. I've put that gradient on it which is going to mask out any changes that I make. And then anything that I adjust is just going to happen under that gradient. So it's really cool. And this is an easy thing to do. I'll hit M again to get rid of that. And what I'm going to do is just bring the exposure down slightly. And you're going to see that I can slightly darken my sky. It's probably too much. Maybe bring up a little bit of contrast. If I had more cloud detail, I'd probably work with uh, clarity and structure a little bit too. But here's a quick before and after when I toggle that on and off. There's before. Here's after, and I add a little bit of interest to the image. You can also, if you decide that that's too strong later, you can adjust the opacity of that layer and bring that back just a little more so it's it's slightly more subtle. So working in layers is a really great way to work. And if you have to do any spotting adjustments, it's really nice to be able to just put those on a separate layer. That way, if you want to go back, it's really clear and you can see where everything is. Now, this brings us to our last quick tip here to get you started in Capture One, and this is outputting. And so whether you are outputting for print or whether you're sending something off to a client or whether you just want to post something on the web, you're going to need to output somehow. So we're going to need to go from a raw image to a JPEG or a TIFF file or something like that. And Capture One is very cool how this is set up. If you go over to the output tab here, you have what they call process recipes and you can create more of your own if you want. The defaults that are in here are pretty versatile. Um, the one I would use for the internet would be JPEG sRGB. And basically this is set up to create a JPEG file of your original at 100% at a quality of 100 
200 and it's going to convert everything into an sRGB color space and it does that pretty well. And so what I'm going to do is just simply select that and you can select all the images that you want to output. It will do a batch. And the other thing you need to do is check out the output location and by default it's going to keep this within the session. Actually I like to work that way because it keeps everything clean and easy. It's better than saving things over to your desktop. It keeps everything organized. And then if I need to go get those images I know they're in that session folder. And so if your naming is good you always know where everything is. So what I'm going to do is for my output location I'm going to choose the output folder and basically you just go to the bottom you hit process and it's going to think for a second it's going to fire off that image and it is done. Now it doesn't look like anything's done but if I go back over to my desktop and I look in the output folder lo and behold there is a JPEG version of the file I just edited. This is a great way to work and I really like this whole idea of sessions versus just working in a catalog. I think there's pros and cons to both of them but particularly if you end up moving a lot of images around and I do because I travel and I shoot a lot of my images on the road and I will edit them on the road I think it's a great way to work and like I said before Capture One is awesome you should check it out it's it's a wonderful alternative to Lightroom. Adobe does some things really well, and I said this in the last video that I did too, uh, and I'm, this is by no means just get away from Adobe. Lightroom may work for you, and that's probably what you should be using, but I think Capture One is definitely worth taking a look at, and I want to do some more tutorials on here, so if you have any questions or anything you'd like me to cover, please ask them in the comments. If you have any suggestions or quick tips, I know this was kind of a rush through Capture One, which is what it was intended to be, but if there's anything that maybe I skipped that you think is a good quick tip, leave me a comment as well. Until the next video, I will see you guys then. Later. Mm -hmm.